It is Locked on Jazz for the 15th of October. Have I recovered from last night? No, probably not. But we'll still talk Jazz basketball. Rudy Gobert continues to give back. The color change much talked about. A deep dive on pick and roll. I got educated this week. Plus, is something funky going on with three-point shooting in the NBA? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Every day we are here for you, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can hit the subscribe button right there, hit the notification button right there, hit the like button right there, and we really appreciate it if you do. Good morning to the first person to chime in on the chat room today. It's Cody Strickland saying good morning, and I believe Donovan Mitchell will be an MVP candidate this year. Was he last year? Because I think he'll have, will win a lot of games like last year, and I think he will uh, have a great opportunity to do that as well. So let's... Let's dig into the day's topics. First off, I really want us to, I think we forget how incredible our guys are in the community and the things they do. And, you know, we should talk about them more, even in this whole Kyrie thing. I mean, just take a minute and and, and search Kyrie's donations and look at the $1.5 million to WNBA players who didn't play last year, $500,000 to Feeding America. Sure, these guys are making a lot but it shouldn't reduce that. And so Rudy Gobert's actions yesterday really are terrific. Rudy Gobert uh, donating a food pantry along with Smith's uh, to a school in Salt Lake where 86% of the kids at the school are below the poverty line and having food shortage issues. I mean, this is this is a great philanthropy work. This is the amazing part of our community from the Millers to the Eccles to the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to, you know, who just continually do these these great things in our community and what makes us a unique place. And now to have Rudy Gobert uh, jumping aboard that as well. So I wanted to just, you know, I thought maybe most importantly, we should jump out right out in front and give Rudy credit. Donovan's done amazing things. We just have, you know, we have a Jordan Clarkson with a food truck last year. These are the things that we should remember and talk about. It's It's I, I'm trust me, I'm sitting here today as a Giants fan, pretty brokenhearted from last night uh, on a, you know, a call that shouldn't end things, but, you know, frankly, playing a team that's just loaded and we just weren't, you know, they, they were just better, but it's brutal. And, you know, I think sometimes we got to remember all the other aspects um, of what these guys are doing. So I, I do want to try throughout the year to, to make sure we recognize those moments. Uh, and this is one and feel proud of that. Like feel as good about that as a 2020 game. Like I, you know, it's, it's a funky game, right? We root for these guys. We and, and somehow if they play well and they get a win, we leave the arena with this euphoria and some sorts of like risen uh, level of, I don't know, self-worth because our team won. And yet what we really should be totally fired up about 
is obviously uh, when they're involved in the community and our community gets better because we have a pro team and have that environment. Uh, a lot of talk this week about the color branding changed by Ryan Smith. Um, you know, let's be perfectly honest. I am employed by Ryan Smith. So this is not like, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, I'll change my, I'll change my blue and my gold to, to black and white here. Um, here's the thing I've said all the time. I've said this for a long time. This is not new because Ryan Smith did this. We have had a major branding problem. Uh, when we came out with the city uniforms and the Southern Utah colors, I, I said at the time, I thought that should be our color code. It was the first time I'd ever seen us with any color code that, that to me had some identification that it was Utah, that it was unique to us, that it was different, that would give us a brand that stood out. You, you can walk through jazz season ticket holders and jazz fans. And I guess until this whole conversation, had you asked most jazz fans what our primary colors were, they'd be wrong. Most people would have included purple. Not, it's not one of our colors. You know, Craig Bowler, Jack, and I talk about this all the time. What tie do we wear on opening day that represents our colors, right? If you, if you work for the Kings or the Lakers, like it's pretty clear what you're wearing. You know, you know what your colors are. If you work for the Clippers, you know what your colors are. When, as a broadcaster is wearing a tie on opening day, you're going to be on television and all that kind of, like, I, I, I don't have that. I've never had that. I've never known what that was. I actually wore purple more often than not. That's what identified to me with the Utah Jazz from over the years. And it's not anywhere in our color code. So the idea that we're trying to establish an identifiable, unique color code for our branding, I think is a massively great step. Now, is black white with a tone of yellow, as Ryan said at Silicon Slopes, the answer? Sure, because I don't know. I have said before, I thought we should have, once, once I saw city uniform, this wasn't like a great, I thought that was amazing because of exactly the same things. It would give us something identifiable. In my case, it, it, it was those color codes of Utah. Now, the complaint on that is we're not Southern Utah's team. There's a lot of Red Rock in Salt Lake City. So, um, you know, in some ways, that purple with the silly mountain, which is, I think, probably the ugliest uniform we ever had, at least was identifiable to us. So that's, you know, that's my take on it. Like, if we're really honest, I know there's been a lot of blah, 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 blah. And it's fun to talk about. But the reality is we, we didn't have a color code. Like, there's, there's not something that was identifiable to us, and that's the first thing Ryan's trying to do, which is smart. This ownership's just really different. It's really great. You know, just from anything from having Tim Cook sitting next to Ryan at the game the other day, that, that you're, you've got the CEO of Apple hanging out with our guy. I, I think I told this story the other day, but I'm, I'm talking to Ryan about uh, there's a great uh, commencement speech uh, by the uh, uh, CEO, Drew Houston, the CEO of Dropbox, had this great commencement speech. In fact, I, I, I just put it in the chat room. So I think if, you, if you're on YouTube, you, the link is in chat. This is kind of like my guiding, like, like I read this all the time. And I was talking to Ryan about it. Uh, Ryan had commented just on how excited I seemed calling the game on the road again and being back out there. And um, so I had said, like, it's my tennis ball. And I think I had talked to you guys about the tennis ball, and that's the whole thing. And Ryan's, oh, Drew, da, da, da. like, right. Because, of course, because Ryan is one of them. Like, he's one of those dot-com or now tech, not dot-com, that's the older era, tech billionaires that runs in that circle. And that, that's just an amazing step for us as an organization um, to have that. So pretty, pretty cool. Um, and I think, you know, 
trying to brand us and give us a brand is a step in the right direction. So, um, you know, I think that that's, uh, th- th- those are my thoughts. I-, I don't have a lot more and I'm not about to like, yeah, I'm not going to flame throw on this one. That would not, it's not worth it. Um, and nor do I have that strong an opinion other than consistently I've said, we don't have color code. We don't have one. All right. Uh, let's get to the better stuff. I got a tutorial this week on the pick and roll. When Hassan Whiteside missed every pick imaginable to be set in game one of, or the home game one or game three of the, of, and I just, in the offense just went totally terrible the minute he came in the game and our guards couldn't figure out how to work with him. I, I decided to go find out and learn about this um, and see what I could figure out about what it means uh, in regards to how you're supposed to play the pick and roll. And so we are going to deep dive on pick and roll basketball here in a second. I know, like, I mean, the, the, the excitement that this show brings with these, like, just, wow. We're, okay, but hopefully it'll be somewhat interesting and um, somewhat fun, at least, coming up here uh, as we deep dive on that. Friday edition is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan. And in Linden, and just a huge thank you to the Murdochs uh, for their commitment to our community and talking to Blake recently. Just the idea that they're just not, they're not going to take advantage of the car shortage that's out there right now with the demand that's out there right now on new cars and do a, uh, and increase your uh, MSRP and your price and take advantage of and try to gouge another five or ten thousand dollars out of you right now blake says i'm just not gonna do that i'm not going to the grocery store and seeing people uh, who have done that too i'm not going to church and see people have done that too it's not who we are it's not how we're going to run our business and it's really just an amazing commitment the lineup of cars are fabulous there are some palisades coming in at the end of the month so that's really good news for you that's the big suv or the biggest of the suvs and it's absolutely fabulous car um some other inventory notes for you the sonata at which is um, what I'm driving right now, which is just a beautiful sedan uh, that, and then there's the Elantra that won the North American car of the year. Here's the latest update I've got for you on those uh, 14 production Sonatas that are coming in uh, probably within the next two weeks or so, including the all new N line night edition on the Elantras. There's two that just came in in late September's. There's five more in production and available that you can get right now. And there's a premium in black. What you want to do is go down there, test drive. And if you have one of these cars you want, get yourself on the list so that when they come into town, you can grab them. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, Logan and in Linden. If you want to stop by one of those places, please make sure you email me first. Uh, There's a guy in Logan that's stopping by Hyundai. I owe you an email back. I will get you hooked up with Landon up there. I apologize. I just realized that. Um, I missed that email this week. It's been a little bit of a zoo. That's my bad. (laughs) We'll get that taken. It's Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. Prize Pick offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator, offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to interceptions thrown. All the users, all of our users that deposit and use the promo code receive 100% instant deposit, make up to $100. Just make sure you use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections and you win up to 10 times on your entry. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. So in other words, 
under on Mahomes, over on LeBron. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download it in the app today. Prize Picks is your daily fantasy made easy. Pick and roll basketball. Most common play in all of the NBA. So let's talk about it. There's two different ways that a pick and roll happens. One is ball to screen, and the other is screen to ball. Wardrobe change on YouTube. Um, uh, Ball to screen and screen to ball. So ball to screen is the screen is set and you bring the ball to it. Portland runs a lot of this with what we call area screens where Portland will set a pick, Dame will take his guy to the pick, rub his guy off the ball, and run it. Now, they've also changed the way they do this a little bit, but that's just a, that's an example. The other reason why, and then the other is screen to ball. So, let's say that we're running a standard pick and roll at the top. You can actually do either of the two. You can run ball to screen or screen to ball. If we're over on the wing and they're doing the old school ice where they try to keep you on the sideline and they're jumping the side and they've jumped. Now the screens are out, really got to come to the ball because they're forcing the ball in a direction and then you start playing with angles, right? So if you just think about that on the side, they're trying to pin you to the side, keep the ball from getting in the middle. Well, now you've got to bring the screen to the ball and you really got to make contact. So those are the two kind of different scenarios. If you're running a pick and roll at the very top, so Mike Conley, Hassan Whiteside, let's say, really let's go Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. It's become one of the best combinations in all of the NBA and Mike Conley comes off off the pick when do you slip when do you not make contact on the pick so the most common is if they're switching everything so that if you run into the pick it doesn't matter because now that guy's guarding Rudy and then Rudy's man is now waiting for Mike Conley on the pick it doesn't do you any good to run the pick and roll so the answer on that is you pre-slip that pick. Rudy doesn't set the pick. They're going to switch it anyway. So before the guy comes to Rudy, Rudy's on, if Rudy can get below Mike Conley's man, he slips it. Now Mike Conley's hopefully lobbing it into Rudy in the basket on a one, you know, a, a one, if they're switching it one through five. This is how we beat Houston in a playoff game a few years ago. Here's the other thing. I didn't. I didn't know, I didn't, I realized what had happened last year between Rudy and Mike, but I had not been said to me in a way that made sense until this. The other one is so many pick and roll defenders now, the minute Mike Conley starts to come off Rudy Gobert, they don't want to get picked. If you go under, we've seen Mike Conley just steps back and hits the three and kills you, right? So Rudy's got to make a read on this. If the guy starts under, Rudy just pins him. And Rudy's the best there is at this. Then Mike steps back and hits a three. Did it all preseason. We won't, I don't think he'll get that in the regular season. The next part of this is, so let's say the defender does what most guys, they're up on you, the pick comes, they now get up on your back hip. They're going to drive you through the pick, down to the dropping big, take away the three-point shot, make you get in the lane. <clears throat> this is the where Mike and Rudy had no communication for the entire year of their first year. And Part of the problem was Mike was getting deep and Rudy was behind him. We talked about this all the time. I just didn't really kind of understand it in the way. And because Rudy and and because Marcus Sol had been a popping big by the time Mike and Marcus Sol were done, Mike would get in the lane. What you actually want at this point 
is if they're jumping on the back hip of Mike Conley and Conley's coming around the pick to his left hand, the guy's on the backside of him, driving him off the three-point line into the two-point area, into a big, is you want Rudy to actually release early. The minute Rudy sees this guy's going to be on the back, I'm not going to be able to get the pick on him. If I do, I'm going to get a foul because I'm going to step out too far. We want You want Rudy to release so that Rudy gets in front of Mike Conley. Now, if Rudy's in front of Mike Conley on the pick and roll, and you're, Mike Conley's driving, what does the big do defensively? The big is suddenly sitting there, has to go with Rudy as all the way to the rim, or else it's a lob. The minute the big takes one step toward Mike Conley, it's a lob over the top, Rudy dunks. And if the minute they bring a third guy in, if Rudy can get down there, it's a third guy, particularly on smaller Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, it gives them a, a vision early enough to make the pass to an open man if they bring the third guy in. If Rudy's behind, then that big is bothering Mike. The other guy's behind Mike. If they bring a third guy in, Mike probably doesn't have a passing window to get it out. So Rudy comes off this pick, gets out behind the big. The big drops. Mike comes down. Mike's got all the room in the world for his floater because the guard's behind him. If the big comes up to stop it, Mike drops it over the top. And so this is where Hassan Whiteside, playing with guards he's never played with before, has to learn all sorts of new things. Because every guard has their own preference. Joe Ingles, if he comes left hand, actually likes to snake it back to his right underneath. So in this case now, Hassan Whiteside has to either get out fast enough so that Hassan, so that Joe can snake it back and change his route. Right? So let's say Mike Conley comes off the pick to his left hand. Mike's going to stay. Whiteside now wants to go wide and, and run it wide, but more importantly, wants to get behind the big so that he's driving that. We can either find out if Hassan Whiteside can take lobs or get it the exact same we just talked about. Well, Joe would rather snake back. So now Whiteside either has to change his route on his pick and roll so he comes the other side and lets Joe, gets out in front and lets Joe snake back underneath him. Totally different read. Totally different player. Donovan, much more of a fast downhill driver, much less likely to pass on the lob. Like he throws that lob almost none. Like that's, that's kind of been a joke to be talked about. And so... When we added Derek last year, our offense was still pretty good. Our defense wasn't, but our offense because Derek knew all these guys. It's also where continuity is so important. We all walk, talk about continuity and this and that. Mike Conley resigning, massively important. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert have now run about 2,000 pick and rolls. Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert have probably run, I don't know, I'll find it out. It's probably five, 6,000 pick and rolls at this point. Donovan and Rudy have now probably run three, 4,000 pick and rolls. Hassan Whiteside and Donovan have run 12. It's a huge difference. So you've got, we've really got to give Hassan Whiteside some time to begin to understand these guys. And the reason he was missing all of those picks that I talked about earlier, may, maybe he was overly eager slipping, but you do, if you make, if he's making the right read, there are these circumstances where you certainly want to get down deep below and out quickly. There are other times where if they're going under, you've got to hit that guy and you've got to make the hit. You don't want to whiff on that pick. So it's a pretty interesting and a little bit more, I think, detailed and trying to figure out which player you're playing with. And Boyan's going to be different than that. Um, and, and frankly, we run Jordan, who runs it even differently than that. And in, in Jordan's case, you probably really want to get out in front of him because he's going to sit there and dance in the key and do all those things. And you want to occupy the big so he can be dancing around and playing all this, his little pirouetting and ballet moves and all the rest. So it's, it's, it's an interesting little thing. 
so hopefully that was helpful to you. There are uh, some interesting things going on in the NBA in regards to three-point shooting. I'm very stunned by what's taking place in the preseason. It's a pretty good precursor to what's going to happen in the regular season. We'll delve into that here in just a second. Um, as well, thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. The Locked On Now are out for the NFL, be out later today and yesterday. So check those and tell me what you think of those at Locked On NFL on YouTube. Uh, we'll have game recaps on Locked On NBA on YouTube as well for you, as well as the Locked On Now podcast. If you want to try those things and then give me my feedback on that, you can email me at DLock09. You guys have always been so great to me in helping me understand what's working, what's not, what's good, what doesn't, all the rest. Um, I've got into this terrible habit. Actually, it's not terrible, but I'm riding the bike at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night because uh, the days are long and trying to get my workout in. And thank goodness for Theragun because when I do that, and then right now I want to go to the gym, it's only 12-hour recovery. So the handheld percussive therapy device releases my deepest muscle tensions using the scientific calibrated power of depth, speed, and uh, power. And it's works. And late at night, it's quiet. So that's great. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It's a gets the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using their percussive therapy goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or injury or just stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun 4. Check it out. The, OLD, the OLED screen. I got my spots like obviously the IT band is always the brutal for anyone who works out all the time, particularly if you're a biker. And the it's work. It just works. It and works. It's like getting a massage um, without going in, laying down on the table for an hour. Uh, Theragun for 30 days. Try it for only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Get your Theragun for generation four today. That's therabody.com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on. I promise it'll become your favorite thing. What's the latest at Built Bar today? They have had such an amazing week. Strawberry puffs are the headliner, the 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. Built Bars are there. The Rocky Road flash sale is still going on. The marshmallow and almonds are there for you in the Rocky Roads, plus all the regular great flavors, peanut butter brownie, coconut, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. All of them with 100% real chocolate. All of them 100% delicious with great macros, 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, just four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. They tell you, compare it to another protein bar and you're talking about 100 to 200 less calories. You're talking as many grams of protein, 20 less grams of sugar and 30 less carbs in a bunch of cases, maybe 25 less carbs. Don't want to exaggerate. Uh, really amazing. Talk to Jay Catch of Locked On BYU and Locked On, Coug- uh, Locked On Cougars and Locked On Utes about it. Like lost a bunch of weight and literally gives it the credit to Built Bar. Check it out, built.com. Promo code LOCKED15 gets you 15% off at builtbar.com. Uh, my good friend, David, I love the city jerseys. I love the mountains. I feel like they both represent our state well. So let's have a white jersey a black city and mountain. And that's our four. All right. So a white Jersey, a black, Oh, a white Jersey, a black, a city and a mountain. Kind of like it. And you could actually have black and white be the undertones on all of them. The mountain one, we'd have to all play around a little bit, but it doesn't all have to be in there. I like it. It's good. Uh, David also points out with nice little graphics. This must be, David must be a teacher. He is. With these nice little graphics, the jazz have gone from every color of the rainbow. 
at some point in time. No, it is it is really true. I find some of the griping solely for the sake of griping. Um, frankly, uh, more than anything else. Taylor with a little political joke here today. Drought map colors of Utah match the city version, so that matches Salt Lake City. Um, I appreciate that. All right, let's get to this weird thing that's going on in the NBA about three-point shooting. Well, the weirdest thing that's going on in the NBA about three-point shooting is that Jason Kidd's back in the league. You ready for this? Um, the Dallas Mavericks, like, I don't think they're taking threes. Let me see what the latest number on the Dallas Mavericks are. Oh, it's not as bad. Dallas is now at 37.2. A little while ago, they, they weren't taking threes. It seemed really weird. There's actually a bunch of teams in preseason that aren't really shooting threes. Cleveland's shooting 32% of their shots as threes. The Clippers only shooting 32% of their shots as threes. And, and Chicago, with DeRozan and Levine, is only shooting 32% of their shots as threes. That's, that's, those are considerably low numbers. Um, if you actually go to last year's regular season, the lowest in the league last year in the regular season, as I'm pulling this up for you right now, it was 29, 31, you know, San Antonio and Washington were both at 29. So that's, that seems strange that the bottom's not coming up more. Here's what is, what's going on that's strange. Preseason has always been a pretty good precursor to what's about to happen in the regular season. Um, on three-point shooting. And I always like to look at the median team, not the mean, because teams like the Jazz, frankly, at the top last year, taking 45% of our shots as threes, um, is a little bit of a misnomer and, uh, and, and skews the chart. So let's go to the middle of the pack. So if we go back to the 18-19 regular season, there were 32% of all shots, those numbers we just said that were like low, that was the regular in 18-19. And the first, next year, we jumped from 32.4 to 35.2. So we really jumped from 32% to 35%. So a 3% jump in a single season of three-point shooting. It's pretty big. If you go back to that preseason, you could see it coming. So we're at 32% in the regular season of 18-19. We went to 35%. In the preseason, we're at 35%. So you saw it coming. The next year, we went from 35.2% to 36.6% last year. Thirty, The median number team, the 15th ranked team, was at 36.6% of their shots were threes last year. So we went another percentage point and a half up. The preseason actually was at 39%, 38.6. So what actually happened last year is in the preseason, I think everyone tried to see if they could shoot more and more threes, and people got a little uncomfortable, and they ratcheted it back, but we still went up a point and a half. So we went up three percentage points from the 1819 to 1920 season. And then we went up in 2021 to 36.6. So point out, I suspected we were going to get to 38 or 39% this year. What's actually happened right now is the median team of three-point shooting is at 37.6. It's actually lower than last year's preseason. That, to me, is a big surprise. What I suspected that we were going to see this season after the Jazz really were the ones who took the transition three and like blew it out of the water. What the Jazz did last year in transition play and on three-point shots in transition, somewhat revolutionary. The Bucs did it too. The two teams way ahead of everybody else in regards to playing that style, I suspected that what we were going to see was, was converging of two conflicting forces on the season. One was going to be 
more and more teams playing early threes, just first look good, right? It used to be good to great. And last year we talked about just that's good enough. And you saw us play preseason. We did. We actually dropped our three-point shooting in the preseason. We're down a little bit. The I suspected that that's what we were going to see this year was that everyone emulating that. We're seeing, that's not what we're seeing. What we're actually seeing is a slight drop from last year's preseason in three-point attempts, which is at least on the median team. That's, I'm surprised. The other thing, the converging force, when I said we we're going to have converging forces, the thing I thought we would see was teams really focusing on taking away the transition three, right? We saw Rudy Gobert get the lob taken away after the Jazz brought that up, after Quinn did that. And I suspected that the next thing we were going to see was teams taking away this transition three. So maybe that's what's happened, is that transition defense, which used to be in to out, is going to suddenly be out to in. And that's going to be the new change in this league. Did that make sense? Because that gets interesting. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Super appreciate your consistency and making us the first listen of your day. Um. JJ Mars has something to say, but I don't know what it means. I'm not smart enough. Good morning. You look quite something today. Thanks for daily information. My daughter's state basketball tournament. Oh, his daughter's the state basketball MVP. Loves your crazy fast talking. Well, congratulations to your state basketball tournament MVP daughter. And let me look up what this word means before we, before we leave for the day. Cheerful and full of energy. Well, I am. And the Giants lost and my heart's broken. It is Locked On Jazz. Thanks very much for making us the first listen of the day. Now go jump over to the Locked On Odyssey co-production, the ultimate season preview, and grab that as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Have a great one. See you.